Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Tomorrow, in a world gone mad. <laughs> the only law will be a renegade squad of suicidal cops. He's my prisoner, and he's not walking out that door. And the open road will be controlled by gangs of glory roaders. Max is a cop, one of the best. Where does the run to get you? Scoot jockeys? Yeah, no man trash. Mm. Well, I'll add it to my thread collection. You made the news again. Hmm. Who was he? Just another glory roader, I guess. Toe Cutter is a glory roader, one of the most sadistic. Anything I say, anything you say, what a wonderful philosophy you have. Take him away. <gasps> I want my baby. You've not got a sense of humor. Please don't hurt my baby. You've got a pretty face, though. Both want the other dead. But only one can have his way. Mad Max. You don't want to make Max mad. Because when Max gets mad, he gets even. American International presents Mad Max, the maximum force of the future. This is a real B&H customer story. Jack and Barbara, professional... <laughs> what happened? I got the thing running. It looks like it's running and it ain't making no noise. Oh, no. Are we live? Yeah. We are? 
All right, well, uh, in that case, I guess we should just go, hey, <laughs> welcome here to Nits and Nostalgic Radio Cards. I'm your show host, Robert. We're having tattoos. Nope, that's not it. Wow. The computer, you know what? The studio got hit by uh, lightning the other day, and it kind of whacked our little computers. Now, here we go. Let's try it one more time. Take two. Take two. All right, click. <laughs> I I get a discount. <laughs> All right, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'm your show host, Robert. Right your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com. And you can see me and Scooby-Doo live. Scooby. Scooby, sit up there, buddies. Live in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreetMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our 455 shows, don't forget to check out our archive page, our website, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Tommy, it looks like you got that under control, I think, uh, maybe. Semi. Semi, okay. So, hey, you know the show. going to look ahead so it doesn't happen in our next break. Uh, okay, well, you know what? Speaking of semis, the show will be about semis tonight. How about that? Anyway, that was no pun intended. But anyway, this is the beauty of radio. Radio is live. And radio is spontaneous, and if we screw up, we screw up, and it's there for the 200 million, 350 million people in the United States that tune into us every once in a while. I know I'm exaggerating, but, well, there's at least 4 million people in the Tampa Bay area, of which I don't know what the percentage is, but uh, big shout-out to Kelly. Kelly's tuning in tonight. Hi, Kelly, sweetie. Um, Say hi. Wave at at Scooby-Doo over here, because I know you like poochies. Anyway, uh, yeah, we got an exciting show for you. Now, man, I'll tell you what, that computer that got whacked out, I mean, when we got hit by lightning a couple days ago, you know, it really can mess things up. And, of course, you know, we have to, it's not like the equipment that we use here at the studio is in stock and I can run down to Radio Shack and buy it. You have to kind of, like, uh, get the stuff shipped in overnight, blah, blah, blah. And then you got to get somebody in here that's talented enough to hook all this stuff up and... Here we are. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cards. Let's see what else. Oh, yeah, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter. I think we're on Twitter. What's that other thing they call it? Instagram, something like that. The interweb, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, we got an exciting show for you tonight. We've got a special guest coming on who uh, is a former TV guy. Uh, had his own uh, TV show, and uh, we're looking forward to having him on show. Now, what what did we do this past weekend? I'm going to kind of rehash some highlights. Speaking of Flynn, uh, my good friends over there, Flynn Motors, there was a Florida truck show, or a vintage Florida truck sh- of Florida had a big show up in Leesburg this past weekend. And, of course, yours truly, and IG, good friend of mine, big shout-out to IG. We all went up there. Uh, Mike Kent, another guy from Clearwater way back from when. And we were all kind of palsy walsy around up there looking at some of these really cool vintage trucks. Now, the week before last, or last week, we had Jerry Grizzell on. He is the former president of... The Vintage uh, Truck Club of Florida, which is kind of an affiliation of the Antique Truck Club of America. And that is pretty huge. And one thing you'll realize when you go to a truck show, I mean, we all go to car shows, and I'm in the cars and stuff like that. But uh, these truck guys are pretty serious. Now, I used to work with Mike. I do from time to time. We still kind of hang out and do stuff. Mike Flynn over there at Hollywood Wheels. And they used to be in the trucking business. And they had a bunch of the big boys, the Peterbilts, okay? The Peterbilts and the KW is pretty much the same. That's what you see running down the road all the time, the big boys. And uh, 
And they got big cats in them, and they got Cummins or whatever they got. And I'm learning all this stuff slowly but surely. But at any rate, uh, so he was up there this week. I mean, he was there on Friday. I wasn't there on Friday. I was there Saturday. But he brought up a really cool little vintage um, diamond tea woody. And I guess diamond tree is well known for making trucks back in the 20s, 30s, maybe 40s. Um, and they were kind of like the top dog. They were kind of like um, the bad boys of the day. I mean, Peter Bills and Kenworth, I think, may have been around at the time. Mac was obviously around back in the day. Brockway, a couple other truck comp- truck uh, manufacturers, and some that are no longer there. But at any rate, so he brought uh, that up, and then he brought this little wrecker, and his uh, son Hayden was with him. So, But there was a the talk of the town the next day, just so you know that, Kelly. Everybody was talking about that uh, wrecker more than anything else. They weren't talking about the Diamond T so much. I thought that was cool because of the association with the Diamond Tree D trucks. But the wrecker got a ton of attention. There was uh, one guy in our club. His name's Ryan. He was, like, really interested in buying that truck. But Mike said the car, truck was not for sale. And I know that. I know what it's like when you say no amount of money will buy this because my son likes it, so it's cool. It's a cool factor. My son wants it. He gets it. And you're just going to have to wait in line. That's how that works. You know, um, I have cars like that, too, that I gave to my kid and Bobby. And he's, uh, you know, unless he says, eh, I don't want it, which then I'll get it back. But. It's not for sale, ever. That's just the way it is, unless you're throwing some dirt on my face and the likelihood of that, you know, at the rate I'm going. Oh, yeah, big shout-out to my buddy Steve. Now, let me tell you about uh, back pain, just to digress here for a second. Um, when, you're, when, you're, when you're young, dumb, and full of, you know, that stuff, you do stupid things, and you abuse your body, you know, whether you're an athlete uh, or whether you did like I did, work in a junkyard for 35 years. Or well, I didn't really work in it, but I did. But I, I owned it, and uh, I was in the junkyard business. And it was not uncommon for me to pick up a small block Ford and chuck it around or transmissions and stuff. I mean, when I was really young, you'd throw them in the cars. That was easy. we just bench press them, poof, pop right in, you know, switch the clutch out, all that good stuff in the good old days. We didn't have floor jacks. Couldn't get underneath there anyway if you had one. I mean, you get, you're lucky to get the car up on jack stands. Anyway, that was a routine, and that's what that was. But anyway, so I have just literally abused the 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 stuff out of me. So uh, I went over to my buddy Steve, and I was going to try to find Steve's number here because Steve is in the business of selling um, exercise equipment. And so another friend of mine. Now, back in the day, I had these things called gravity boots. And gravity boots used to sit there, and uh, I could do chin-ups and get crunches and all that cool stuff because I was fit. <laughs> fit. <laughs> anyway, so I was hanging upside down from these little uh, this bar that I put up in my house and uh, next to my little workout room. And I could do these little, you know, they were called gravity boots, and you kind of do curls and this, that, and or gut crunches and stuff, and that's fine. Well, today, I couldn't even... Do I can barely do a push-up without uh, stressing my body. So anyway, this friend of mine says, well, why don't you go ahead and get one of these inversion tables and hang upside down for a while like a bat and stretch your back out and get all that compression off of you, and you'll feel pretty good. Well, guess what? I went over to Stevie's today, and uh, Stevie had a whole bunch of stuff, and uh, I acquired... An inversion table. Now, I tried like three or four different ones on, and the cool thing, cool thing you know, you've, you've heard the expression, try to shoot on before it fits, or try to, whatever it goes, you know, try to shoot up. The old saying about try it on first. Anyway, um, so I did. I tried a couple of those tables. Well, that was kind of cool, and you were hanging there, you know, at a 60, 70 degree for about two, three minutes, and then I tried another one for two, three minutes, and another one for two, three minutes. 
And I thought I felt pretty good until I got back in my van and then I drove around a little bit. And then I got out and I was hunched over like a little old man again, like I was like 80 years old. But anyway, but if you want to get yourself some uh, some pre-owned um, exercise equipment, give my buddy Steve uh, Sestito a call. His number is 727-742-0007 and mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars. You're already on live on the radio station and you'll probably get a discount. But I will say that you got to stay fit. He's doing really well with this stuff because people aren't going to the gyms anymore because the social distancing thing. And uh, so a lot of people are setting up stuff in their house and that's pretty cool. So the cool thing is is that he's got he's got a little program there where if you buy something from him you, and he'll buy it back and then sell you something else and you get like this little thing going there and you can try this machine for a while and Try that machine for a while, you know, a little leg machine, a little, you know, tummy tum machine and a little, uh, you know, hang upside down machine, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. I don't know what half that stuff is. And I guess it doesn't really matter because you just it works or it doesn't. But anyway, you got to get in shape. You got to take your uh, eat your veggies, take your vitamins and exercise. There's nothing, nothing, nothing that you can do better than take care of your body. You only have one body. My mom used to say that all the time. You got one body, take care of it. Anyway, enough of that blah, 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 blah thing. All right, so back to the truck show. What was really cool about that truck show, and we're going to try to get involved with those guys next year and do some promoting and stuff. It was it was interesting to see the, the, the rigs that showed up there, the fire trucks, the vintage stuff, and there was a swap meet. Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sports fans, car guys, there was a little truck fan or uh, swap meet there. So I was obviously perusing that. A lot of tools, a lot of cool stuff. I picked up a few little things. Picked up this really cool little air chuck, what I was looking for. It has like a little clipper thingy on it, but it's a long one because my forklift has uh, bud wheel or uh, split rims on it and it scared the crap out of me. So you basically hook that clip on it, you run as far as you can, you put air in it with a, from a hose with another little gauge on it. And then if it doesn't blow apart, then you run over there real quick and you unhook it. And then you're still walking, talking, and breathing. But I also, when I was up in Alabama a couple uh, months ago, when I was coming back from uh, doing some appraisals up there in Birmingham, uh, you know me, I have a tendency to kind of go left, go right. And sometimes uh, I don't know where I'm going to go because I don't even plan it. I just say I'm going in this direction. And if I get there, I get there. If I don't, I don't. I just have a, t- I have a timetable when I have to be someplace, but not when I have to get back. So I went all these side roads, and I found this place that was selling junk, and he had a, an old tire cage. Now, those of you that know about big trucks and split rims and all this nasty, scary stuff, you'll know what a tire cage is. Because back in the day, they put a rim in the tire cage, and then they'd air it up. Because if the thing did come apart, that thing could kill you. So hence, they have these things called tire cages. And they have like three bars, four bars, five bars, or six bars. There's a cage uh, just big enough to get a big tire in there. Loader tire, tractor tire, semi-tire, something of that nature. But anyway, all right, Tommy's going to go ahead and fire up the stereo. We're going to do a little, uh, wow, we didn't even play our liner today, did we? We're going to have to play that when we come back, a couple liners. But anyway, uh, you tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and uh, we're making the best of it tonight because we have some computer issues. But here's a little uh, Judas Priest, and uh, you got another thing coming. Hey, you tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We'll touch that down. We'll be right back.
Looking for car shows? Then look no further than flacarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com. Come enjoy the best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. Okay, we're back in tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. That's right. It's Radio and Cars. Radio. Anyway, all right. So, uh, yeah, we're talking about the truck show. But you know what? I think what we're going to do here is... Um, God, my back is killing me. Sciatica. Oh, okay. Well, hey, by the way, I'm going to let you guys know here in a week or two or three uh, how this uh, little inversion table works. Um, kind of curious about that. We're, I know we're at automotive show, but, uh, you know... If you're a car guy, you got to be fit. You know, you look at some of these NASCAR guys and these uh, GT racers and all that stuff. Those guys are in pretty tight shape. I mean, you know, they work out, they exercise, you know, they eat well, take their vitamins, all that good stuff. And, you know, don't buy into this pen, scam, demic thing, bull, whatever. Anyway, um, but stay healthy, my friends. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, so what we're going to do is I think Tommy's going to go ahead and fire up uh, you know, as soon as he gets a, figures out how this thing works. Um, but we're going to come right back. We're going to bring our special guest on the line here in a second. And uh, da, 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 da. oh yeah, but um, um, where was it going? Talk about the race car driver. Oh yeah, they're all fit guys. Remember, uh, probably one of the best guys that was well known for being in great shape was uh, Mark Martin, NASCAR guy, and uh, Sterling Moss, um, British car used to race sports cars. And uh, if you see all those vintage pictures and stuff like that, he was always you know um, in great shape. But you stop thinking about it. I've driven race cars before. Okay. When you're out on a track and you're, and even with they're doing vintage or club racing, and you're out there for 20 minutes and you're wrestling that steering wheel all day and, and the brakes, your mind has got to be totally focused. You're strapped in this car. You're strapped in there so tight that, you know, you can't move. You can barely breathe, much less anything else. Not to mention it gets extremely hot in there if it's in the summertime. Okay. Cause you're wearing a, a Romex suit. that's got three layers and boots and gloves and all the safety equipment, and everything like that. Now I've never used any Hans equipment, but I understand that that uh, I mean you're, you're you're strapped your head strapped to the back of the seat you don't do not have much movement so but still you're in there jarring around and everything like that you've got to be in great shape just like the guys who used to race offshore boats they used to wear these you see running around they had these big fat wide belts on because they were called kidney belts because they're butt jumping up and down on the waves and everything like that and slamming on the on the deck of the boat you know or the floor there because every time they would hit when they when they smash across the uh, the waves. You know, so it's, uh, you know, you talk about football players and baseball players and basketball players getting the crap beat out of them. Uh, nothing's like, I mean, that's, they get to take a break. When you're racing and you're in a car and you're driving for, for an hour straight, you know, there's no break. you got to be focused the whole time. You know, so uh, NASCAR guys, you know, they're out there for how many hours, you know, and, and GT guys, you know, they have driver changes, you know, every two hours, three hours or something like that. But still, so uh, and like I always say, it takes two balls to drive a race car. Anyway, on that note, I think Tommy's going to go ahead and fire up the stereo, and we're going to play some more vintage uh, music, and then we're going to bring our guests on the show, aren't we? 
Here's a little cars, since we're on the subject of trucks. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that about that, that, that. We'll be right back. time to make a life for themselves. He's an honest trucker who won't make deals. I mean, I don't haul that stuff, I don't drive, huh? That's right, just keep your mouth shut and do as you're told. But it gets tougher for both of them. I'm pregnant, Carol Joe. And I've been thinking I wish I weren't. They force him to fight back, their way. My name's Carol Joe Hummer. I come to get work. And next time you just might not be so lucky. Get up! But he won't quit. Get up! No matter what. They got the muscle. They own the law. You're under arrest for the murder of Dwayne Howard. They terrify his wife. Take the deal and let's get the hell away from here. He's a working man who's had enough. Deputy Dog, you know who this is. You call him and tell him I'm coming here. Ride with Carol Joe on a trip you'll never forget. 
Hey, this is Chip Foose, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Rock on. Alrighty, we're back to tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. How's are we checking out here? Our radio check okay here, Tommy? Sound good? We're there. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> we're back after all the lightning damage that we've had here and everything we had to jockey around with. Anyway, it's uh, time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This guy is a real live truck enthusiast, truck guy. I had the pleasure of meeting him this past weekend at the uh, Vintage Florida Truck Show up in Leesburg, Florida. I'm delighted to welcome the show the former host of the TV show American Trucker himself, live and in person, Rob Mariani. Rob, how you doing, buddy? Listen, Robert, that's the coolest freaking intro I've ever had. <laughs> wow! Yeah, man! Whoa! We started off with the cars and then right into White Line Fever! Yes, yes. Well, wait a minute. Now, I had to do that because you, you said you liked the cars. That was your first concert. But also, you own a 1974 uh, W Series Ford. Uh, very similar to the Blue Mule in the TV in the movie. I saw that movie back when it came out in 1974. I was like that movie. I actually bought the model. AMT made a model kit of that. Um, listen, you're the man. I was I was pretty young when it came out, uh-huh. but I was able to see it a few years later when they had it on the you know they ran the late late show after the movie would crash in the drive-in theater or the then market was you know the putting it on the late late scale. So that's how I was able to first see the movie. And when I did, I was I wanted to be a truck driver anyway, and Harold Joe Hummer, played by the late great Jan Michael Vincent, that you were kind enough to introduce some of the people to in the open. He played the truck driver and he drove a seventy four Ford W series and that truck did it all for me. <laughs> so I ended up buying one in two thousand and two. <laughs> Way back uh, beyond. So was that, see, like for us car guys, it's always either a toy or a movie or a TV show or a car show yeah. or something like that. So basically, White Line Fever was uh, the, 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 the thing that got you over the top hooked on trucks. Well, yes, it really was that got me over the top. But I, when I was a little kid, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I had two grandpas that were truck drivers. One of them drove a B-model Mac, which you probably saw, Robert, at the show last yes. weekend in Leesburg. Yep. There was a, a, B, a couple B-model Macs there. My grandpa drove a B-model Mac delivering Schlitz beers to my grandma's tavern. Ah. So <laughs> I was really into that rig from the early days when I was just a little baby. But he had a subscription to this magazine called Overdrive Magazine. And Overdrive Magazine was started in 1962 by this crazy cat named Mike Parkhurst. And it was uh, very much a pioneering magazine that had catered to the American trucker. And the tagline of the magazine was called The Voice of the American Trucker. So my grandpa would get the subscription, read it for an hour, and give it to me. And little Bobby had himself a subscription to the greatest truck publication that ever was. So I was being spoon-fed this industry, and I just the passion for it kept growing and in the 70s as you might remember robert everything was freaking semi and cool and cb radios breaker breaker one nine (laughs) yeah yeah you had convoy you had so many truck movies you hell you had a tv series called bj and the bear that was on nbc i remember that yeah you had moving on that was also another nbc yes you had moving on so all of that stuff sort of perpetuated my sickness (laughs) <laughs> that I've never not had. 
<laughs> and, and White Line Fever killed me because that truck, that was the one that did it all for me. The cab over Ford, that got me. I was at a truck show, a vintage truck show, um, here about three, four months ago, and a guy rolled up there. It was the first one I went to with IG. You met him there at the show this past weekend. And uh, the guy rolled up in a Chevrolet cab over. You know, they mean Chevrolets and GMC cab overs. And I thought, and and what struck me about that, I mean, there were some other trucks that were there, but what struck me about the cab over and really made me thinking about the, uh, the Ford uh, Blue Mule was the fact that bobtailing it, you know, with just a single screw of twin screws hanging off the back end of it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cab over looks like a hot rod truck to me. Now, granted, the Peterbilts and the KWs with the big long front ends and the Cats and the Cummins and all the cool stuff, but there's something about that little cab over that just looks like a hot rod to me. And that's and I thought, wow, and this guy had aluminum wheels on it. It was all decked out and totally restored. I mean, really, for you know, restored, not reconditioned, but, I mean, they went through this whole thing. That was a tough piece. So I kind of got a hankering. <laughs> for one of those, but I didn't realize how expensive trucks are. They're expensive. <laughs> I know. I tell people that I put a, I, I restore it. Well, I'll, we don't want to get ahead of this too much, but we can talk about my truck eventually if you'd like to. No, we can talk about your stuff right now. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, I told people that the interior of my truck is my 401k. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, it absolutely is expensive. So, uh, but let me just, I'll try to set the table for anybody listening, if they don't know. What you just said was absolutely spot on. To me, a cab over truck always had that look of, there's something about them that was hot rod-esque, that looks like a coupe uh, version of a car. And the interesting thing, though, about cab overs is they were very prevalent up until 1980 when they deregulated trucking in this company, in this country, rather. They, be, before 1980, you had length laws. So the advent of the cab over truck, meaning putting the cab above the engine, getting rid of the nose on it, gave you that much more payload or cargo in the trailer sport to, to adhere to the length laws. So when they deregulated trucking, the length laws went away in 1980, and that was basically the hallmark of the death of the cab over truck. It was kind of like they're, they were going extinct once, once that uh, deregulation happened to the length laws. So what you saw on Saturday at the Antique Truck Club show were a bunch of cab overs. And ever since, I guess, the 1980, a truck like mine, which was a 1974 truck, which was still a working rig in 1980 when they deregulated trucking, and it was very, uh, very much capable of delivering America, you know, one load at a time. That became obsolete within 15, 20 years. So now they're really collectible because you just don't see them. They're like, I call them road ghosts. <laughs> when I bought mine, it was simply because of the White Line Fever movie when I was a kid when I saw it, and... I bought mine out of Tennessee in 2002 or three, I think, and my whole plan was to make it into a Blue Mule replica like the movie, because the the sickness that I have, which yeah, <laughs> actually led me into the, making the American Trucker television series, was real. And so I was doing research 
before the internet came on and then after the internet came on, I was powering the internet like all of you car guys and truck guys, you know, in message boards, looking for things that were classified online or you said you could buy parts or, I mean, you know this, Robert, from owning the, you know, salvage, being in the salvage business for 30 years. You guys have the duel. <laughs> when all the collectors come calling, they come to the salvage guys that don't scrap anything and they keep it. Uh-huh. And so that goes uh, sort of part and parcel with my old Ford Cabell. But this story of my truck was really actually interesting. It, it made it into a paper um, called Truck Paper, which I, I think they might have an online presence now, but in the 90s, they were, um, you could get their distribution at gas stations or truck stops, and if you were looking at Class 8 rigs, like the Blue Mule would be a Class 8, or any semi-truck would be a Class 8, the heavy-duty um, trucks, they had, this guy had listed this truck for sale in Tennessee, and, and I, I thought it was like, oh my God, this, I'm seeing a UFO, I can't believe that there's a, a 1974 Ford W Series for sale in Tennessee in 2002. I called the guy up immediately, and he told me that he bought the truck from a Tennessee uh, state auction, and that he ran it for about three years shagging cars in Arkansas for his little used car lot in, in um, Smithville, Tennessee. Hmm. So when he decided to not do the car thing any longer, he put the truck in truck paper, and I pounced all over it like a puma on a friggin' gazelle. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was just all over it. And I went up to Tennessee. First, I said, if it's everything you think it is, I'm going to, I'll wire you some money. Just don't sell it out from underneath me. So I got my car and I drove up to Smithville and I looked at it and I didn't have a CDL license. I had no freaking business in the world buying this stuff. I had none. So I just said, I'm going to have to have it from my childhood. And I did. I bought it and I had it shipped back down to Florida. And, um, from that point on, I had it and just paid storage on it, and I would go and start it, and I would love on it and make my plans about how and what I was going to do to make it into a Blue Mule replica. And somewhere in the span of 2002 until 2009 is when I was cultivating and writing the what became the, the eventual television series for American Truckers. So m- my truck was sort of a my validation of sorts. <laughs> I wasn't just Johnny Poser. I wasn't an actor that wanted to do a show about trucks. I freaking loved trucks since I was a kid. So now the Blue Mule was going to be sort of my fuel going into this series. <laughs> and I showed it on two or three episodes. If there are any American trucker fans listening... And uh, I did an episode on Finding Evil Knievel's Lost Mac Hauler oh. that he used to go on ABC's Wild World of Sports with, with Robert. I'm sure you remember that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So when Evil would come on ABC's Wild World of Sports, I was watching it to see his truck. <laughs> now, as a kid, every every kid loved Evil Knievel. Everyone was out on their bikes, you know, breaking their wrists and jumping a garbage can trying yep. to be Evil Knievel. I'm yep. <laughs> Right? You probably did. Well, no, no, no. I, I was smart. I watched him hurt himself, and that was good enough for me. I just said, okay. See, I, I was smart. Well, <laughs> I'm a masochist, so I didn't care. Okay. <laughs> but let's back up. I had, remember, little Robbie had a subscription to Overdrive magazine in the 70s, 
and there wasn't it wasn't like you could go to the local store at your gas your your grocery store and, and buy you know car craft and and hot rod magazine and then overdrive. The only way you had overdrive was through professional driver subscription. So I had this subscription from my grandpa, and they did an entire expose on Evil Knievel's rig. Ooh. So I had the poster of what they put in the insert in my on my wall in my room. So by the time Evil Knievel was on television, I was looking for the rig more than I was looking for Evil. Okay. So after the show got off the ground, and they, you know, in the network world, they want to know what kind of episodes you are going to come up with, and they, you know, is there meat on the bone here? You can everybody's got a concept for a TV show, especially now living in the world of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Everyone's a TV star. So. Oh yeah. So, so I, I ended up uh, talking the network into letting me do an episode on finding Evil Knievel's lost rig, and when we eventually did it in season two. I had my truck in Stanford at a place called Bill's uh, Truck Service, which a lot of the fans of the show remember. It's no longer there, and uh, rest in peace, Bill Goolsby, the owner of Bill's. But I had him featured on the show, and my buddy Lou Bailey, who is still repairing rigs out at Lou's Big Rig Repair in Stanford. But I had stored my truck there, and it was sort of like I was their bastard stepchild. <laughs> because I was working on the truck there, and I was always doing stuff with them, and you know, it needed a steering box and things that would never allow the truck to even drive it needed. Because it, it just, over time, it, it is an antique. And it just, mm-hmm. if you don't run these things, they, they just lock up like, you know, they got hardening of the arteries or something. But uh, the show, the truck showed up on uh, episode, Unrestored. And so all the fans picked up on that for American Trucker. And then they, would be, they began this assault on me with social media. What are you going to make the blue mule, Robert? What are you going to do? You should put bug wheels on it and all these things. And so by the time 2014 rolled around where I, I had planned on getting into the rig and throwing some money at it, I went 180 out from doing a blue mule simply because I know a bunch of truck people that were making other replica blue mules, and I didn't want to be robbed from American trucker that would blend into the woodwork, so I figured I might as well stick my thumb in the eye because you've got haters no matter what happens. There are people that will love you if you restore it back to stop, and if you know anything about the world of custom anything, if you cut something up, then you're going to get the people that hate your guts for cutting something up. Well, here, let me just, let me just, let me just interject just for a second here. I yeah, go ahead. will tell you that, you know, because I specialize in vintage cars myself. I'm in a dealer, and mm-hmm. I kind of mess around with them and stuff. So, and I appraise these cars and 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 all kinds of rolling stock. But I will tell you that you're absolutely right. When you go to a car show, how many Dukes of Hazard cars do you see? How many you know Starsky and Hutch cars do you see? How many copies of the replicas of the TV show cars? <laughs> and it's like yeah. after a while, you go, okay, I get it. You like it, you know. Um, yeah. You know, everybody wants to be Bone Duke. However. You know, and and I and 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 that's fine. And then there's all these original Mustangs, but I'll tell you the cars that people tend to gravitate to: the barn finds, the crap that they drag out, some custom wild, goofy ass thing. But I'm talking about something that's done very tastefully and or retro period correct. That's what grabs people's attention. If you're gonna yeah. do, if you're gonna modify something, do something state of the art. You, I'm sure you go to SEMA, right? I haven't been in a while, but I've been. Okay, so when you go to SEMA and you see the stuff that's there, you see some pretty interesting 
creative yeah. stuff. I Crazy mean, you see, yeah, and that's very inspirational. And it's great that these young people are doing this and getting into this stuff. So, where I'm going with this is, I was at, go ahead and tell your story because I, if I know what you where you're going with this, is that you you chopped the truck, right? Oh yeah. Okay, oh. go on. <laughs> well, no, that's wicked. Right, that's so, hot rod wicked. So the background is that people saw the truck unrestored, and it was just this big black ugly beast. And to me, it was beautiful. But what the backstory is that people didn't realize, and when I, why that guy bought it out of the state auction in Tennessee became really a cool story. The, the state of Tennessee bought the truck brand new in the fall of 73, which would be the new model year for 74. And they bought the, the Ford off, you know, from the Louisville Assembly plant in, at Ford in, in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And they made the truck immediately into a law enforcement, a highway patrol law enforcement vehicle that pulled a mobile command unit for the state of Tennessee. Really? So, yeah. So right out of the gate, this 4W series that I now own, long before I ever owned it, this is where it was, and this was its pedigree. It was a cop car, a cop truck. So I wanted to pay homage to that. And instead of me making it in the blue mule, I thought, all right, so this car's got a, or this truck's got a unique history. It only had 53,000 miles on it when I bought it, which is, for a big rig, Nothing. That's, uh, that's freaking crazy. That's like brand, that's not even broken in. I mean, trucks will go a million miles. So 53,000 because it never saw any hard duty. It was just cruising around Tennessee when there would be a situation or, in fact, the last, the last, uh, I guess, active duty that my truck served as a law enforcement vehicle was during the 96 Olympics when they had a river rafting, um, uh, what, category in the, in the Olympics, for the Summer Olympics. So it was a support vehicle for security for the Olympics. Oh, wow. And then shortly, shortly after the Olympics, the state, because the truck was a 74, you know, for whatever reason, they said, well, we're going to decommission this truck now, take the cherries off of it, take all the antennas off of it, take the paint off, paint it all black, get rid of the cool cop stripes, and sell it at the state auction. And that's where my buddy, Rick Goes, who bought the truck, bought it, and then he ran it for three years. And then, So I'm actually the third owner of my truck. And so when, I, when people saw it on the television show, and some other things. It was in some magazines and fucking magazines, and I did interviews with the truck here and there. Um, I, I have a very good friend of mine, Brad White, who is in the world of truck collectible people. He's up there because he owns the original truck from Spielberg's Duel. He owns the original Peterbilt that was in uh, Duel. He owns the greatest replica Smoking the Bandit Kenworth that there is. Because they, that truck never, it, it got sold after the movie, and believe you me, I spent decades trying to find the original, including Evil Knievel's truck. All of these things are like my quest in life. And so it doesn't exist. But anyway, Brad has 60 vintage big rigs, and he and I are like separated at birth. He's my <laughs> muse. I had him featured on a couple of my episodes. And so he called me one day, he puts on an annual truck event, kind of like where you and I met at, uh, in Leesburg, it's the antique version uh-huh. of a show and he said rob i want you to bring i want to bring that uh ford of yours up to my show unrestored i want to show it and i said well all right if you want to and he said I'm, i got a guy coming to get it in sanford and i said okay great 
So I called my buddy Lou, and I said, Lou, the truck, we're going to move it on Saturday, and it's going away for a while. So he probably laughed. He wanted to punt it out of his parking lot. <laughs> 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 so we brought it to Brad's, and after the show, and people saw it, from that was the first, I, uh, our first real event where fans of the American Trucker Series got to see my truck in person. And, and it, it is an unrestored truck or any kind of unrestored vehicle. You know, if you're any... If, you're worth your salt, and any kind of a gearhead loves that and appreciates what it is. And after the show was over, Brad said, well, Rob, uh, what do you want to do with it? Because I want to get into this thing, and I want to restore it now that it's up here. And I said, Brad, hold the line, because I've been premeditating this for about 10 years, and um, I'm not going to restore it into a blue mule. I'm not going to make it a factory W series. I'm going to chop the bastard. (laughs) 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 I want to modify it. Because, now, Robert, you can tell your audience the same as I'm, I'm, you can corroborate this. If my truck is a big metal box, there were two types that you could buy of the Ford W Series. An aluminum cab and a steel cab. In the movie, in the actual shooting script of White Line Fever, which was directed by Jonathan Kaplan, who went on, that was his directorial debut, he went on to win the Academy Award for The Accused with um, Jodie Foster, in the 90s when they did that, you know, that whole pinball movie we're on the, we don't need to get into it. But Jonathan Kaplan, this was his first movie. And so in the shooting script, the truck was supposed to be a freight line. But at the time, in 1974, Ford Heavy was in the Class 8 market, and so was Chevrolet, so was GM. Well, all of them are gone now. But the trucking industry in the golden era in the 70s was fierce. So the uh, Ford division wanted to, they offered to give Jonathan Kaplan their brand new model 4W series in exchange for the advertising and the undercut Freightliner. And of course, if you're a movie director and anything to do with television or movies, if they can save you dollars, you will go to the front of the line, right? Absolutely. So, so there it was. So Ford got in there like an anomaly in the first place with that W series. Because in the, you'll have a lot of old timers that'll say, oh, Ford, the hunk of shit, I hate that thing. Um, or whatever the reasons are. <laughs> um, but uh, in, uh, nonetheless, I'm so glad that they actually did an archival, historical documentary of that truck on 35mm film in the movie White Line Fever. Because when you watch White Line Fever now, and you played it in the open, and when you were playing that open, which is the, Robert, yep. greatest open I've ever had in my life, <laughs> <laughs> on your radio show, <laughs> on uh, Nostalgia Radio and Cars, now the coolest radio station in the world. Yes. And, and show. <laughs> um, without doubt. They, you know, they, um, they immortalized the truck. So now I have to take in that there's a cop car. It's a little bit of a Ford W Series from Blue Mule. So what am I going to do with it? I'm going to chop it. Well, the two, the two cab types dictated if I was going to be able to chop it. Aluminum or a steel cab. The steel cab... The cops cheaped it out and bought the lesser expensive one, the more heavy version of the truck, because the aluminum cab, like the Blue Mule in the movie, was an aluminum cab, because Ford put their best, baddest model out there on screen. You could barely tell, you could barely tell the difference. I could show you two little nuances about the cab tell from a mile away if it's a steel cab or an aluminum cab. But you'd have to really look. There's actually some embossed panels on the back sleeper panel of an aluminum cab. And that's a telltale sign. If it's flat cap on the sleeper, it's a steel cap. Well, the cops bought a steel cap. Now, I own that cop truck, and it was a steel cap. 
And the actual geometry of that Ford cab was so boxy that I just thought immediately this thing needs to change the geometry of that cab, and it will lend itself to chopping very, very well, if we could pull it off, that is, because it had these cool body lines that were so slab-sided. Um, I'll tell you this. The Ford W Series came out in 1966, and it ran until 1977. And then it was replaced with another model called the CL9000. That changed the entire truck completely. But 66 until 77, the only change that Ford ever made on the W Series was they put an aero nose on the truck. For the then, it was a fake fuel crisis. Remember the <laughs> trucker strike? I don't know if anybody remembers <laughs> yeah. the trucker strike in the 70s. Okay, well, that was some OPEC bunch of malarkey crap. And, but, uh, like, uh, kind of like now where we are, I mean, see everybody's, you know, following the tail of the dog. The industry <laughs> decided they were going to make this new arrow everything, and you know that, in being a car guy, that 1975 was the last of the, well, actually, 74 was the last of the performance years before we started seeing smog pistons and all the rest of the catalytic conversion and all the garbage yep. that came in. Yep. Right? right? Yep. So, in 74, in the heavy truck market, the only thing they did to the truck was they made this arrow nose. Now, it was actually the coolest thing that Ford could have done. It used to have external windshield wiper motor, uh, like boxes on the outside. and had a. It wasn't a very friendly aerodynamic nose. So they in- integrated everything in and they streamlined the nose in 74. So now with that new arrow nose and it being a steel cab and the rest of the truck was all the same from 66 until 77, it just, to me, lended itself to be a hot rod. And so that was the plan. I told Brad, we're going to chop it. And he said, Rob, I've never chopped the truck. I've had 60 of them. <laughs> well, that makes two of us. And if you take a truck that has 53,000 original miles, Robert, and if you've been around chopping hot rods, you can screw them up real easy. In fact, you get one shot at it. If you screw it up, it's it's over. <laughs> it's a convertible. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so my truck became this giant guinea pig, and I did everything in my power to keep it off of, I call it socialist media, um, to keep it off of socialist media, because everybody wants to take a picture and get clicks and likes, and they'll say, oh, look at Rob is doing with his truck, and they'll go sneak into the garage and show everybody what's happening. Well, I had a very strict policy in Brad's place in North Carolina, no photos. So we could kind of rip the Band-Aid off and debut it at the largest truck show on planet Earth in Louisville called um, MAT, or Mid-America Truck Show. At the time, I was a brand ambassador for Cobra Electronics, and I told them what I was working on, and they went hog wild with it. They loved it. They got bigger floor space, and they said, if you can get that thing ready, we'll, we'll debut it. Well, it made its debut in, um, I think, 2015 or somewhere in there. And it's been on the cover of... Two European truck magazines. It's been on in overdrive. It's been featured all over the place. People went crazy, and I called it low patrol because it was lost. You know, it was a highway patrol. I put a badge on it, uh, and I, I still kept some of the hallmarks of it being a former cop rig. And I was so long on you. You can take the floor and ask me about this truck. <laughs> You've seen photos of it. Rob, we are up against the clock. If people want to, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to have to bring you back. Yeah, I got a couple shows booked out here, but in a couple, yeah. three, four weeks, so I'm going to have you back, and we'll talk a little bit more about this. We'll do part two. In the meantime, if people want to find out more about you, how do they find you? 
You can go to robmariani.com, and, and that is my very nostalgic old-school website that's about to get a makeover. Plus, that's kind of vintage like the truck. So, find so- robmariani.com. Sounds good. RobMariani.com. That's very good. Rob, thanks for coming out on the show and hanging out with us here. Tell us some truck stories. We're we'll definitely going to have you back. And uh, and since you're in Florida, we can palsy-walsy a little bit. I appreciate it, Robert. And by the way, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, this is the coolest radio program on the globe. You got it, man. Thank you very much. Hey, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars this evening. My special guest, Rob Mariani, American Truckers. Hey, don't forget to check us out here every Tuesday night between 7 and 8 p.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network. Tell all your friends in the meantime, let's see you at some of the car shows. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.